Hi there, my name is Erica Browning, and I am blown away by all the places your nursing degree can take you. Here, we showcase basic nurses doing some really cool things. My goal is to bring to you ideas, options, and inspiration. Think of this as a fun conversation with a friend where you laugh a ton and leave feeling encouraged and empowered. That nursing degree you worked so hard for is just the beginning. I'm here to show you what is possible. This is the Black Sheep Nurse Podcast. Hi, Kylie. Hi, Erica. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited. I always start out by asking everyone where you're from and where you're currently located. And I think where you're currently located is really exciting, but we'll we'll back (laughs) up. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. So it's funny because I'm sure we're going to get into it later, but I moved away um, when I was 18, which is like, I don't know, 15 years ago. I don't know my age ever. Once you hit 30, you're like, how old am I? But I still like really consider Omaha my home. Like people are, yeah, where are you from? And I'm like, Omaha, but I haven't really lived there in 15 years. Yeah. I've never been to Nebraska. I My first degree before I was in nursing was in Spanish from Texas Tech. We okay. were in the Big 12 with the Huskers. Oh, go. Well, go. Right. Uh, go Corn Huskers. But I went to school at Clemson. So I really would say go Tigers. Oh. Oh. But I, I would say you're not alone when you say you haven't been to Nebraska. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Clemson. So were you a big – that's SEC. You can tell yeah. I know college football. Yes. I am a huge football fan, but just college football. Yeah. yeah. Not – I don't follow, like, the pro stuff or just college. Yeah. I love well, Dabo yeah. Sweeney, so. Oh, my God. I don't hate me, but I really like Nick Saban. Oh. Okay. Yeah, roll time. I mean – is the interview over? <laughs> I was going to say, I have to go. <laughs> okay. So you left Nebraska when you're 18 and yes. I, did you go to Clemson? Is that where you went? Well, no, I went to Fort <laughs> Col. I went to Colorado state my first year of college. And then okay. I hated it because the football was awful. So I was a cheerleader. The football was bad. I was like, I'm not cheerleading for a bad team. So I, transferred to Clemson and when I went there they were also bad but at least football was like a sacred thing there like people yes. respect Saturday football games yes. and it was such a fun atmosphere and so then I did Clemson and then I went to nursing school in Atlanta yeah. and then after that I've been all over the place tell me about it so we're going to get there but Tell us first, because you were telling me before we even started that when you started um, in school, nursing was not on your radar and that you eventually went back and got your degree. What piqued your interest in nursing to begin with? So I, right. So I was in, so the only thing I was good at in school was like science, like anatomy, physiology, biology, chemistry. Like I wasn't, but I wasn't good at math and I was awful at everything else. (laughs) And I, so I was like, well, you know, I should do something in medicine. Um, My dad's a doctor. So I kind of like grew up with a medical family, if you will. Yeah. And I considered, I seriously considered PA school 
And mm. I don't know. I just was not that driven about it. And mm. I don't – it was like a fleeting thought in my head. I was like, well, what about nursing? And I – it's funny because at the time, it's like I didn't care. I was like, okay, I'll apply. But now I'm like so happy. Like I'm so freaking glad that I became a nurse because of all the flexibility and the potential money and all of that. But so yeah, I applied to nursing school and I accidentally, so I applied to an accelerator program because I already had my bachelor's degree mm-hmm. and I, I unknowingly applied to a master's. It was like a bachelor's in nursing that bridged to a master's. And my, I don't know how I did not know this. Like what kind of idiot goes to school getting a master's and doesn't know? Like the first day I remember a girl was like, what are you going to get your master's in? And I was like, uh, I'm here to get my bachelor's in nursing. And then like the teacher started talking and like explaining the program. And I was like, oh my God, like I can't believe that I've been a like bridging to the masters. Like, I don't know if you call it a master's program, but we're going to call it a master's program. I can't believe I was in a master's program and I didn't even know it. So I graduated with my bachelor's and then like everybody else in my class continued on and got their master's. Okay. Cause there's some programs where I've heard this, like you sign up for the master's program and they don't give you the bachelor's until you finish the master's oh. courses. I well, I, I would not that. have passed that. Right? So I'm glad at least you got your bachelor's. I am too. And like, I don't, I really don't have an opinion either way, but there's like so much fuss about like, well, can you be a nurse practitioner if you've never been a nurse? Like, I feel like that was such a thing at one point. Like, yeah. And I get it, but I just, I don't have a dog in the fight. So. Well, I mean, people always ask me, because, you know, the whole podcast is about doing all these different jobs. Some of them are bedside, some of them aren't. And they're like, you know, do you really think a nurse should have bedside experience? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think it will help you. Do I think yes. it's impossible to go on and do something? No, it's not impossible. You know what? You'll probably be fine. But yes, I, I, I think the experience would help. So I would say, yeah, I agree to that. I think that probably these um, NPs maybe struggled a little bit more their first couple of years but I would say like probably now they're doing just fine like they really tried to spin it to us like um well if you go to the bedside then you are gonna think like a nurse and not like a higher level educate you know or like a higher education level which I don't agree with I don't know it's just it was funny how they like would sell it to you you know what I mean wow that's an interesting yeah <laughs> position. Yeah. But if you were to work in the ICU, you had to go to bedside first. They did not allow you to bridge. So you would go to the bedside for one year and get like clinical experience, but you'd still be in the program. Like you don't need to reapply. You would just come back in a year then and start your master's. So they did that for like acute care settings. So it wasn't completely crazy. (laughs) The, those poor nurses that have that nursing mindset. How did they I, know, I know. How did they ever bridge to a higher level? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, so working in, I work in the NICU and you could not, I do not think you could be an NP, an NP without 
first working as a nurse in the NICU. Like you learn so much. Like there's no way you could just bridge over to do that. So yeah. Well, that segues me into, because I know that you're a NICU nurse. Did you start out that way? Was that always your interest or how'd you get there? Well, so I'm in nursing school. I'm going to just paint this full picture for you. Yes. I'm in nursing school and I hate it. Like I was so mad that I was in nursing school. And like, I don't know if I was just over school. Like I was living with a girl. We were living in Atlanta in a super fun area. Like she had a big girl job. She was going out, having fun. She had money. I had no money. I had student loans and I was so bitter. So I woke up. I'm like, what am I doing every day? And then I was at like one of, you know, our clinical rotations and my teacher was like, oh, they need like one nurse to go to the NICU today. And this was near the end of my program. And I was like, okay, I'll go. And I, I swear, this sounds so cheesy, but like the doors opened and like, I just feel like my heart totally changed. Like I could never, ever be anything besides a NICU nurse, but yeah, it's just like I walked in and I like just had this like feeling of belonging. Like I know I'm supposed to be here. And then it's like, it was such a powerful thing. Cause it's like, this is why I'm in nursing school. Like I was so worried about it and then it just like came to me and yeah, I've been there for almost 10 years now. So I can't imagine not working in the NICU. Like, well, I mean, I could, but you get it. Like (laughs) I couldn't necessarily work in the hospital with adults is what I will say. That's so funny because I, one, I'm glad you had that experience where, Mm -hmm. because I also, and I think many people are like this, they're in nursing school and you're like, is this it? Like, yeah. Really? Is this it? Yeah. Well, nursing school doesn't do a good job at really preparing you for nursing. Like I thought, I mean, honestly, like school, I felt like it was so lame. Like I go to the hospital and I'd have these like sheets to fill out. Like, and I thought it was the lamest thing ever. And you can't obviously do a lot. So it is like when you do become a nurse and you have so much more responsibility, like it's much more exciting. And it's like, you're like, okay, now I'm part of a team. Like I felt like in school, I was like, what's the point of a nurse? And like, I don't want that to sound negative, but I just don't know that my school did a great job at preparing you to be an actual nurse. Right. Well, it's, I don't. Like, how do you fix that problem? What do you do? Because I feel like you really got to know what being a nurse was like when you did sort of that last senior preceptorship and you were mm-hmm. on the floor with your yeah. person. You're like, oh, okay, this is what it is. And maybe that made you feel better or worse. Depending on but feeling. also, now that I'm thinking about it, did my school not do a good job at preparing you to be a nurse? Because... They didn't want you to be a nurse. Like maybe it's just hitting me right now. But they wanted you to go on and get their master's degree. Yes, like I don't know if that's how every program is, but I just felt like I didn't have like a great actual nursing experience in nursing school. Well, I think we all come to it with these preconceived notions of what it is. And yeah, you don't know. Well, I guess some people do if they've volunteered enough and they've seen enough nursing, but most people who go to nursing school don't have all of this 
experience in the hospital. You know, they're just doing it for a variety of reasons. Maybe they thought it would be interesting. Maybe they needed a paycheck and a steady job and they knew that that could provide it. But at any rate, so you've been, so you've been a NICU nurse for 10 years. Oh my gosh. 2014. So I guess 10 years will be next October. (laughs) So nine years, nine years. I graduated in 2011. So this is year 12. Yeah. I can't believe it. I haven't stuck with anything that long in my life. For the past three years, I've been saying I've been a NICU nurse for 10 years. So probably (laughs) next year I'll start saying 15. I've been a NICU nurse for 15 years. (laughs) I I just saw on your IG on Instagram where you're like, I don't even know how old I am. Okay. How crazy is that? I said I was, okay, you guys, I said I was 34 and then my friend DM me and was like, don't age us. We're 33. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, LOL, I'm 33. And then somebody DM me and was like, literally three weeks ago, you told me you were 34. And I was like, like, yeah, after 30, it's just a little bit confusing, I think. Yeah. Well, I think after a certain point, after you pass, say 33, you're already looking to 34. You already feel well, the next age or whatever. Also, yeah, maybe like, yeah, 30 to 35. And then when I'm like 35 to 40 and like 36, I'll be saying I'm 40. I don't know if there's like, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. It's not well, looking good though. Yeah. Well, speaking of Instagram, just so everyone knows, that's how I found you. That's how I saw you and we'll get into it, but you have a blog, you have a social media following, you have a podcast, you have all the things called Passports and Preemies, which leads me into my next question. So you've been a NICU nurse. At what point did you get the travel bug? Did you become a traveler? Okay. So I would say it really, so when I was working in the NICU and I was a staff nurse, I was traveling a lot domestically, but I wouldn't, I don't think I realized like my love of travel quite yet, but I remember like sitting at home and like looking at these girls and okay, my favorite person at the time, and I still love her, but she's kind of quit now. Her name is Brooke. And she runs the handle World of Wonderlust. And I would sit at home in my apartment in Kansas City and think like, wow, this girl is, is, she's younger than me and she's going to these amazing places. And, but like being a a new staff nurse in Kansas City making $21 an hour, like I just didn't have the money to do much more than domestic trips. And that's fine, you know? Um, and I, so I went to Ireland with my friend that year and we went for a week and I got back and I was like, oh my gosh, when, what should be our next trip? And she was like, no, that was like kind of a one and done for me. Like, I like, yeah, I don't really see us doing that again. And like, I didn't take it personally. I don't think it was because of me. She said like, she just doesn't have that kind of PTO and, and that's true. She's not a nurse. And I just thought to myself oh my gosh, I cannot just sit at my apartment and look at people online and wish I was them. I have to like go make my life what I want it to be. So I, you know, other things happened. I went through a very bad breakup and I, so I moved away from Kansas City. I started travel nursing and then I started volunteer nursing in North Macedonia. And this was in 2017. And then when I was volunteering in North Macedonia, I was there about eight weeks. 
and I was traveling solo every weekend to different cities in Europe. And that, I mean, that was like my first, you know, real taste of solo travel and of just like being in Europe for an extended period of time. So that's really what got my love of travel going was that period of my life. Right. I I understand that once you're in Europe, it's pretty easy to get around to other places in Europe. Is that true? 100%. Like I think I was actually thinking about this today, like how if I, so one of the things on my bucket list is I don't know, I love Europe and I want to see every single country in Europe. And I was thinking though, how hard it is. Like when I share my travels to like a smaller country, like Slovenia, I freaking Mm -hmm. love Slovenia, but I just get much more response on Instagram when I go to Amsterdam, Paris, London. And that's because I think like, obviously it's better known, but I just wonder if that's because people are like, oh, it's so much more affordable and easy to fly there. But honestly, if you can fly to London, then you can take a $40 flight to Slovenia. And that's how I've been traveling. And and I just I was thinking that today. I was like, I wonder if people know that, yeah, like once you get to Europe, it's pretty affordable to travel within the continent. Well, yeah. Well, I'm so glad you said that because your episode is going to air in September and that's when I'm going on a trip to Italy for okay. almost two weeks. I'll that's be in really with another nurse friend. And it. one thing that we're running into is because we're going to popular places. We're going to be in Rome yeah. for four days. It's very popular, but they, you have all these tips on buy your tickets early. The crowds are bad. The crowds, this, the crowds, that. And I'm saying all that to say, if you can find these smaller countries that aren't as popular and you can still have this European experience I think people need to know that well a hundred percent I think like I feel like a lot has changed since COVID yeah I guess I don't know if like places just got like smarter but yeah to get Mm -hmm. into like some of these museums and stuff now like in Rome I went to Rome in January which isn't even tour season and I tried to go to the this art gallery there and I'm a one person and they wouldn't let me in cause they were sold out, which is wild. Like I don't, I kind of personally just feel like that's something that's changed since the pandemic is like people are reserving things much more steadily like dinner reservations. Yeah. You have to book all that stuff ahead of time, but you're right. Like you go to Albania, which is amazing and you can walk in anywhere you want and it's cheap and it's, fun and it's local and you're having just as great of an experience for a fraction of the price. So I had a friend last September, she went to Croatia for two weeks and she said it was the most beautiful thing that she had ever seen. And I feel like Croatia isn't as popular as these other places either. Have you been to Croatia? I've been just to the capital, so not the coast. Okay. I agree with that. Yes and no. One, yes, it's not as popular, but it is gaining in popularity so fast. Mm. And like the prices I know have just like shot up. Like you could go to like Montenegro, which is touches Croatia, which is much quieter and very much more affordable. But I mean, yeah, Croatia is amazing. I've heard the best things about it. But yeah, I think just like 
considering maybe something that you haven't thought about that maybe you haven't seen all over Instagram. Those are the places that are like the best bang for your buck and you'll have great experiences. Yeah, I'm willing to do that. I just this I've never traveled to Europe like this anyway. <gasps> this your first time? Yeah, well, well, yes. So I was in the Marines a long time ago wow. and I was in Iraq, but so I've been in a German airport, Irish airport, I've been to okay. Kuwait. Okay. But that none of that counts. This is this is not yeah. regular travel. Wait, but yeah, I'm so this so is excited for you. Yeah, so this is my and my friend that I'm going with she's very well traveled. She's like you, she's been everywhere. She knows how to do things. And spoiler alert, I hate planning travel. I hate it. I'm the person who is like, Hey, just tell me how much, just tell me how much and I'll Venmo you. And I don't care. I love it. I love planning. Cause I'm like, what if you get one night and then somebody picks a bad restaurant and then I'll be mad at them. Like I will be literally upset. Like (laughs) our friendship might be over if you take me to a bad restaurant and we have one night here that's what I'm afraid of. That's why I hate planning it is because I just know I'm going to pick something bad. Well, luckily I have great restaurant recommendations on my blog for you. (laughs) I'm well, I read this morning. Well, I want to get into this. So let's back up first. So you start volunteering in North Macedonia. How did you even find that opportunity? And is this as a NICU nurse? Yeah. So I was working as a NICU nurse I don't honestly, it was like such a unicorn listing. I yeah. look, so it was with Project Hope, and I frequently check back with them because I had such a positive experience doing it with them. Yeah. And I am frequently checking back, and there's nothing. There's nothing for NICU nurses since. So, such a unicorn thing. Like, so I went through this awful breakup, and I started the travel nursing, and I, what, I was back in Nebraska for that. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just was so like, I feel like there has to be something more like this doesn't feel like I don't feel fulfilled. Like I was depressed because of the breakup and I'm watching these people on Instagram go to all these cool places. And, but I was like too scared to do that yet. So when I, I was like, I just want a reason to be in Europe. Like I felt now I would say just go, like you don't need a reason. But at the time I felt like I needed a reason. So this volunteer thing happened and it's hysterical. I was not qualified whatsoever. Like, and the girl that, it was really funny. So the girl that interviewed me Mm -hmm. was American and she works for Project Hope. And then the two guys work in North Macedonia for Project Hope. And they were the people that were making the decisions because they were the ones that would be working with me. And yeah, the interview was awful. Later, like we're friends. So like later she was like, oh, I did not want you to get this job. Like those guys want really wanted you to have this job. I did not. You were not qualified. And I was like, I know I wasn't qualified. Like I have no idea. You just fake it till you make it, I guess. Yes. I, I don't even think I necessarily did a great job over there, but Um, So I was like doing education. They didn't know what I was doing. Like they thought I was going to help out, but Mm -hmm. everything was in Skrillic. Like I can't help out. I don't, I don't, I can't read Skrillic and the orders, you know, like Mm -hmm. how would I have taken a patient? Right. They're like, oh, just, you know, just do it. I'm like, no, I'm not just going to 
take a patient uh, not knowing what's going on absolutely not so wow yeah so that's they, what that's what got you to europe that's oh. what got me to europe they had the highest death rate of neonates in the on um, in the continent on mm. the continent um and that's why they were looking for volunteers wow so but you hadn't been doing NICU travel nursing prior to that. No, I, this- I had done the one assignment in Omaha. In Omaha, but yeah. not abroad. So this was your first no. abroad experience. Yes. yes. Okay. And so you come back and you're like, I've got the bug. I've got the okay. bug. Okay. So I came back and I had the bug. So I immediately took an assignment. Oh, I took assignment back in Nebraska. I planned a trip back to Europe. So I got back in June. I left for Europe again in September for just a week. I took my mom for her birthday, which is an amazing thing about being a travel nurse. Like I could have never afforded to do that as a staff nurse. And Belgium at the time was so cheap. Like, and Belgium's an amazing country. Um, We had so much fun. And then after that, so I come back to the States and I started like seriously travel nursing. I moved to California yeah. And I, that year, so that was, this was 2017 and I started planning. I was like, okay, I need to do a big, big trip. So I started saving money. Mm-hmm. I saved $17,000 wow. and I took off in October of 2018 on a one-way ticket to England. And I was like, I'm just going to see how long my money lasts. It lasted five months. And I still came home with $3,000. Um, so I did 10 countries in Europe and four countries in Southeast Asia. Wow. And so that was like the peak of my life. The I peaked. Or- I peaked then. It's all just been downhill. Since. No, no, I refuse to believe it. <laughs> Wow. So have you just done, but were you just traveling or were you nursing? Just traveling. Just traveling. No because nursing. I saw, and what year was this? 28, seven, oh, 2018 to 2019. Okay. Because on your blog, you have, you took a nursing assignment in Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah. That, wasn't that 2007 or what year was that? 2022. It was recently. Oh, that was just last year. Yeah. And I read all about your experience. I know. I was like, well, I should still be there right now, but I got fired. So here I am. Uh, here, Not there. I'm hey, in Paris. <laughs> oh, I'm in Paris. <laughs> Which I'm busy right now. One could argue is a little bit better. So. <laughs> so how did you, okay, so you come back from your travels then do you do exclusive NICU travel nursing? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, you have to do the whole floating thing, but I would say like I'm an exclusive NICU travel nurse. Yeah. Okay. I've done a couple of travel assignments, but I'm adults only. Like you couldn't pay me to do NICU. Oh, I mean, you couldn't pay me to do adults. Mm-mm. I'm not no changing wants- an adult diaper. Mm-hmm. I was that typical ER nurse when a woman's coming in, she's about to get birth and we're like, get her out of here now and get that baby out of here. We don't want them here. They don't want to be here. Trust me. Upstairs doesn't want them down here. It is best for everyone if you just get them out. (laughs) 
That is probably true for sure. I've been to my fair share of ER yeah. deliveries. Yeah. And I, in our defense, we just don't do it that often. We don't well, do it right. that often. And therefore we don't feel comfortable and we don't want to mess up. We're like, oh no. my God, this mom and then this little baby get, just get them out of here. Oh, a hundred percent. Erica, I got floated to the CVICU, uh, cardio, you know, uh, cardio. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm like, am I saying that right? And yes. a nurse came over and was like, can you help me with my patient? And I was, uh, this was a pediatric hospital, right? Cause uh, you know, I only work in the NICU. So I had a, I had an appropriate assignment and I'm like, sure, I can help you. So I walk over and it's, I mean, it's at least a teenager, if not an adult. I don't know the age, but this right. is a big, big, big person, okay? Yeah. And I was just like, she's, you know, help, she she needed help changing the linens and the diaper. And I was just standing there and finally I go, you know, I am I can help you, but I work in the NICU. So I'm going to actually need you to be very specific what you want me to be doing over here. And, um, yeah, it wasn't my finest moment because we turned the patient towards me. Um, there was a trach and then, uh, you know, like, you know, trach stuff got dislodged. So the patient yes. started coughing, but my, um, am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. My dumbass literally <laughs> goes, okay. You guys are going to think I need my license taken after this. No, my dumbass no. goes. Oh my God. Oh my God. I think your patient is having a seizure. And this nurse was like, the patient's coughing. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. And then it gets worse. Then the patient started throwing up. And so the nurse was suctioning and I was like, oh my gosh. And I had to leave the room because I was gagging, which is oh, like, yeah. this is like, I don't work with big people because of this yeah. reason <laughs> that nurse she did not ask for my help the rest of the night I can tell you that <laughs> you taught her <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna wear a sign on my back that says NICU nurse she asked she, you for help at your own risk. <laughs> she approached every single nurse after this, and the first thing she would say is, "What department do you work in?" You know oh what I mean? Yeah. Gosh. Oh my gosh! So tell people where you are right now. Okay. So right now I am in Paris. So my boyfriend lives here, and I try to spend as much time here as possible. So. Yeah. Legally, I can only be here 90 days and I have to be gone 90 days. So, so are you working? Yeah. Do you have a travel? Can, can you take travel assignments in France? Does that even exist? You know, I tell everybody, I don't think so. Everyone is like, are you going to work as a nurse in France? I'm like, no, I am not going to work as a nurse in France and make $30,000. I will sell pastries in France for what? I don't know, $10,000 before I become a nurse in France. Okay. <laughs> So I, you know, I am lucky enough and it's, you know, something I've worked at for like six years now, but I'm starting to make decent money from passports and premies that I can take and, and obviously travel nursing. I mean, I can save a huge chunk of money with that. And then um, I'm making decent enough money to be able to take these like kind of longer breaks in between my assignments. 
Yeah. Well, that is a perfect segue into your passports and premies. So you were, you're a NICU nurse, you were traveling, you have the travel bug, and then you started a blog. How did that even come about? So I started the blog. Okay. So I knew I wanted to start a blog and my sister actually thought of the name for me. Um, When we were in 2017, we were sitting on a boat in Paris, actually, drinking. Yeah. It was a tough (laughs) life. Um, And I was like, my dream is to like have a travel blog. Uh, What do you think I should do? And she's like, well, do you want it to relate to nursing? And I was like, well, yeah, I was about to leave for North Macedonia. So I was like, yeah, I like want to, I want it to relate to nursing. So she called it Passports and Premies. Yeah. And so I owe it all to her. And then when I was in North Macedonia, I started the blog and it was such a hot mess. I mean, it probably, I mean, for at least two years, I had no clue what I was doing. So I say I've been working at it six years, but the reality is it has been like three years because I feel like the first three years I was kind of just like, you know, trying not to drown, figuring it out. And uh, so that's how it got started. And then I always, you know, my whole goal is to inspire nurses to travel. Like I, traveling has been such a game changer for me. Like it's helped me so much with burnout that that's the message that I want to get across. Like if I can convince one nurse to take a break from the bedside and go visit a new destination and then she comes back and, or he comes back and feels refreshed and rejuvenated, then I feel like my work here is done So I like really aim, you know, I try to reach nurses who like to travel is now what it's like ironed out to, but it took me a long time to come to that. Well, let me tell you starting, and you also have a podcast that we'll get to in a second, but starting podcasts and blogs, like I want to encourage anyone who wants to do it. Can you do it? Yes, you can. Is it going to be hard? Yep. Okay. (laughs) I feel like I have seen so many people start and quit. And I've seen, I just had this. Okay. So I love it. Like I obviously, I did it for four years without earning a cent and I am not tired of it yet. And I, so you have to love it. But I also just told myself for four plus years, like the only people that fail are the people that quit. And I will not fail at this. I am going to succeed at this. And the only way to fail is to quit. So that's why I've never quit. And I just really, really believe that in my heart. Like the only way to fail is to quit at something too early. So for any of you listening, (laughs) don't quit, okay? It might take you 25 years, so just don't quit. Yes. Well, we've had several, who's we, it's just me. I've had several. <laughs> I, I think I, I like being part of a team, but it's, it's just me and the cat. So we, we just, yeah, you, yeah, you guys. Yeah. We, us. <laughs> I've had several nurse entrepreneurs on the show so far and, um, you know, having a blog and doing what you're doing, that's entrepreneurship. You're running a business mm-hmm. and it's all the same. It boils down to the same, you know, ideas in that you can't quit. It's going to be hard. Don't quit. Keep going. And I mean, that's like entrepreneurship 101. Yeah. And I've had like more than one person say to me like, oh, I just like don't want a blog. Like I want something more. And it's like, first off, 
Passports and Premies is an LLC, so it is a business. And second, there's a lot of money in it. And I like, so if it's something someone's been thinking about, like, I mean, there's, you know, you can make it a business and you can make money from it. And like, I mean, maybe it won't be your full income, but it can certainly supplement your income. And yeah, but also I know people that make like, I know a girl that's made a million dollars a year off her blog. So it's like, it can happen. And I'm not quitting till I get to that number, I tell you. I have a long ways to go, but. Kylie, I want to be here. I want you to be a millionaire. I want everyone to be a millionaire. I mean, do it. You the are day, capable. The day I make a million dollars from passwords and premies, I'm calling you. I'm going to fly you to Europe and then we're going to come on this podcast and talk about it. Yes. I would love that so much because I just believe, I, I, I just don't even get me started, but we just need more empowered nurses. Yes. Um, you know, we're women. We need empowered women. And a lot of times the way that you make a difference, even though it's not popular, is with money. Yeah. You got to have some money. And I feel like, in this day and age, you know, people don't want to start small. They're like, oh, I don't want to do a little blog. Yes. Um, well, too bad. Because the, <laughs> yes, some people can just start social media and they can go viral. Um, but yeah. that's not, that's the but, exception, not the rule. But And I would argue that those people don't really have the framework then to yes. necessarily be successful. But I think that you make a good point, you know, about the money thing. Like, that's something I'm trying to kind of shift my mindset about is I have a hard time believing that I deserve a lot of money. Mm. And like, I just, I, and so I'm trying to like wake up every day. Oh, and I I also have a hard time like believing in success. Like, what is success? But, you know, what do I think success is for me? And so I'm trying to wake up every day and like tell myself in the mirror, like, This is like, you know, in present tense, like Kylie, you make $500,000 a year. You are successful. You love what you do. And I saw this girl on Instagram who um, does a lot of like money mindset things. Mm -hmm. And it was such a turnoff to me. But also I was like, but I don't want it to be a turnoff to me. But she was like, Obviously, she had listened to some kind of money meditation thing when she's like, well, I make good money because people love to give me money. And it sounded so conceited, but I do feel like you have to like kind of switch your mindset to accepting that. And like, especially in this business, like setting your own rates, like, yes, you need to be fair. You cannot overcharge for things and but just set, you're setting your own rates and nobody knows necessarily what you're doing. So just having that mindset of like, yeah, what I can accept this. It's okay for me to say yes to these things. And I, that's something I have a really hard time with. I often think I'm so underqualified when that's not true. And so, no, yeah, it's not true. And I, I'm not a big manifest person that's very popular these days is manifesting okay me either but I'm like kind of starting but I hate that about myself well see well then maybe change your mind to this maybe this will help you is because I'm not into manifesting but but 
I do believe that what you believe about yourself subconsciously is how you act. So if you believe that um, you're not worthy of finding a good partner or whatever, then you're going to act shy. You're going to be put off. You're not going to be open to saying hello to people. And then it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that you created in your own mind. And if, you know, if, if there's moms out there and they're like, oh, I'm a bad mom. Well, if they're all day telling themselves that they're a bad mom, it just feeds the beast of them being impatient or being whatever it is that they struggle with. The same with money. If, oh, I don't deserve this, or this is too much money and I don't feel comfortable, then you won't charge what you're worth because subconsciously you don't think you deserve it. And it all, so for me, it's not manifesting or energies or whatever. I don't even know what that means, but it, what we tell ourselves is important because subconsciously, subconsciously it directs how we act. A hundred percent. Yes. Well, for what's that, for what that is worth. So this is so cool. I love your blog so much. Tell us about your podcast. Okay. So I feel like, I mean, a little similar to yours Mm -hmm. So it's Password Supremes Talks. And I like to speak with nurses who, yeah, are just doing different things. Like, you know, I brought on, or, you know, just nurses in general. I, I brought on one of my friends who's a NICU nurse, and we talked about NICU nursing. And then I've brought on, oh, this one's going to be a good one. It hasn't aired yet. But my brother is a new travel nurse recruiter. And oh, so I oh. talked to him about what it's like, you know, being a new recruiter and how he's treated by nurses. and how he treats nurses. And then like I talked to a nurse who works as a nurse in England, an American working in England. So just nurses that, yeah, maybe are doing just like shining bright in what they're doing. Yeah. 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 I love that. And people are saying, I've had people say, well, you know, podcasts, there's so many podcasts, there's so much, you know, competition. And I'm like, yeah, but who cares? I mean, yes, I'll have Uh, Kylie on and talk about her podcast because do I like one TV show? Do I like one, you know, music artist? Do I like one type of food? No. People who listen to podcasts, listen to multiple podcasts. There's so much room for everyone. Yes. Like the more you gatekeep and like that only hurts yourself to be selfish in that way. Like the only way to get anywhere and yeah, there's enough to go around for everyone. Like, yes. you're totally right. Like, yeah, do I think who downso- downloads my podcast is like, no, I only listen to Passwords and Premies Talks. Like, screw everyone else. Like, no. Uh, like, uh, that's not true. Yeah. so It's not true. I mean, they're listening to multiple shows. Totally. I do. Because I'm in the car all the time. We were talking before we started. I'm a nurse case manager. So I travel with my patients to their appointments. So I'm constantly listening to podcasts, yeah. all kinds of podcasts. I have my shows. I, I am too. Yeah. I love podcasts. I need some more. You Well, I can do this. I'm going to start listening to yours for sure. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I'm like a big crime podcast person. Like I like to listen to like murder podcasts. I have one for you. What is her name? I'll have to send it to you. It's okay. Annie something. Okay. She has a pretty big following on Instagram and YouTube. Okay. But I, mean, I don't like, is she funny? Cause I don't like funny crime. I just like want like really serious, like 
this person died. Like, no, I, I don't it's, want it's serious. It's not funny. Okay. Because there's a lot of um, crime comedy podcasts out there. Yes. I have to be careful with the crime stuff because I love it, but no, I will I not watch forensic files by myself. I can't. I spiral. I think everyone is out to kill me. You should see. Yes. I mean, I've been like this for years. I go on a walk and somebody like is across the street and I am like <sighs> panicked, like staring at them. And then I'm like, oh my God, I need to turn around. And then I turn around and it's like the craziest thing. I think everyone's out to kill me. Like I'm yeah. positive. Like yeah, I'm positive. I have pepper yeah. spray. I have cameras. Come for me. You will. <laughs> yeah, I'm positive. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. So what advice, what's some parting advice you would give for nurses or maybe NICU nurses who want to travel or take assignments abroad? What would be some of your top tips? So I would say, okay, my first tip would be to go for it. I think that was like the hardest thing for me when I started was just like getting the courage to start. Yeah. And I always tell everybody, you know, I have two mantras three mantras, but one doesn't apply here. Two mantras. Um, the first one is like, you can always go back to what you're doing right now, but if you yeah. have this inkling that you want to try something new, like yeah. why not? Because this is mantra number two, you never want to look back at your life in 10 years and wonder what if I did travel nursing? What if I traveled abroad? Instead, you want to look back on your life and say, oh, I did that travel abroad thing and I hated it. You know, like, that's fine. At least you know versus not knowing. Yes. So I would say that. And then I would also say, like, you know, educate yourself. Um, I think that that's important too. Like, part of me wants to be like, oh, just wing it. You'll be fine. But there's a lot of power in being educated. So Absolutely. So you go to that Google and you just research your heart out, okay? I have a master's in Google actually. Yeah. You just, yeah. You know, well, you go to GPT, but you be careful there. Oh gosh. No kidding. But another place they can educate themselves is at your website. Tell us every, tell everyone where they can find you. www.passportsandpremies.com on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest at Passports and Premies podcast at Passports and Premies talks underscore talk. Well, the podcast doesn't have an underscore, obviously. And then um, Twitter, P Premies. P. You can't Premies. apparently have a long name with that. So. Oh, gosh. Well, so for everyone listening, I'm going to have all of these links in the show notes. And Kylie, thank you so much for coming on. This I really appreciate so it. Thanks, Erica. Yes. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Black Sheep Nurse Podcast. If you want more, head on over to blacksheepnurse.com for show notes and resources from today's episode. You can also join our email list and the website and have the link to weekly notes delivered directly to your inbox. And if you're looking for more everyday fun and community, join us on Instagram at blacksheepnurse.